0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Celebrating Joy podcast. I'm Mary Turner and I have a really good friend of mine today. His name is Colin Bass. So welcome to the podcast, Colin.
1: Let's go, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited that you're on. So Colin, can you tell us a little about who you are and kind of a little bit of your story?
1: Awesome. Yeah. So I'll rewind a little bit. I grew up in uh, the great city of Houston near Mary. We didn't meet each other till, till college, but I uh, grew up there, Went spent high school in Cyprus near Houston, and uh, then ended up coming to Baylor. And Baylor has been such a huge part of my story. Gotten to get involved in a lot of special things here on campus, uh, from student governments to uh, getting involved in my own podcast and being involved in a fraternity and all these different organizations across campus, as well as kind of chasing my own goals outside of school. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah, Colin is probably one of like my first college friends that I met. So it's been really fun that like, (laughs) (laughs) now that we're juniors, it's really fun to see just like how much he's grown and all the things that he's been able to do. So coming off of that, I wanna talk about with you, commitment and because you're committed to so many things and you're dedicated to a lot of things. so. Talk about what being committed looks like for you.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Commitment is, can be a lot of different things. And um, I think, like, specifically committed, commis- being committed to goals and every other thing in your life, I think, can look a lot of different ways. But for me, it's knowing what's most important and kind of ranking your priorities, as well as uh, a lot of you have probably heard of the theory of big rocks and little rocks and filling in your time where the big rocks and where what actually matters the most to you and allowing the things that matter the least kind of fill in, fill in the gap. So being committed uh, looks different for every different priority, but being committed to the Lord is like knowing that's a priority and like defining that and what you want to look like um, something I love to do is create a rule for life. So, um, like understanding what my rules are and what I want my relationship with the Lord to look like, and mm-hmm. defining that on paper, and like checking back and being like, okay, this is where I want to be, and why have I slacked off this week? Um, like, what's holding me back and what's getting in my way? But also, like, you can have a different rule for every single thing, every single relationship in your life, and being having that list of friends that you want to stay close with, but you had a stressful semester and fell off. Like, why did that happen, and how can you realign yourself? So, commitment can look a, a lot of different ways, but I think it first and foremost has to start with defining what the end goal actually is and what the vision looks like and how you're going to get there.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I think with being committed, having those people, not only you holding yourself committed and writing those goals down, but also having those people who are going to push you Oh yeah, to remain committed. So Colin is super, super committed to a lot of things and people, it's funny because people describe both of us kind of like old people because... <laughs> Because we go to bed so early, we get up early to get things done. So I want Colin to kind of talk about something that he actually recently just achieved was doing an Ironman, which I can never. Um, Colin was the first person <laughs> to encourage me to actually start running, and we ran a half marathon, and that was pretty hard for me. So Colin, talk about the Ironman and kind of what that whole process looked like, and how long you trained for, and kind of just remaining dedicated and committed to that.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so much fun. I love Ironman was so cool and a dream of mine for so long, like probably since high school. I did a marathon in high school and I knew like the Ironman was next and it was kind of one of those like foggy, faraway dreams that I never thought would be possible. Uh, But like I knew that was the next step uh, kind of in the back of my head. And so last spring, uh, did the marathon, big Baylor half marathon, like mm-hmm. so much fun. And then a couple weeks later, my good friend, Mary Turner texted me and she was like, um, so I want to sign up for the silo half and I have no one to do it with me. And it's in two days. Will you just do it with me? And I was like, um, sure. Like I'm not going to sign up cause it's like $150, but if you sign up, I'll just run alongside the road with you and we can do this. Um, so this was like, I think in April or like yeah. just after the marathon marathon and ton of fun like we were still in good shape from the marathon so i was like oh, I don't know with about you? That. and we <laughs> maybe not the best shape but we completed it in uh, a considerable amount of time <laughs> but we had a ton of fun and uh after that day i was like okay well i'm in we're in decent shape like just finished the half marathon tons of fun go marry, two half marathons under the belt now uh, but for me it was like this mindset of okay now i'm in shape like let me train for something that's like Way out of my comfort zone. Let me let me get committed to something bigger than myself. Um, and so that day, I looked up. Okay, well, like just for an idea, like how long would it take to train for an Ironman? Um, and I looked it up, and it said thirty weeks, and mm. got me really excited because it was like, okay, thirty weeks, like that's over half a year. Sure, we can do that. <laughs> um, and then after that, I was like, okay, well, then when is the Waco ba- or when is the Iron Ironman? Because just for like a little, you know, like little timeline. And that day it said 30 weeks. And I was like, crap. Well, today is day one, <laughs> so we're going to get after it. So, like, literally from that day, when we did the half marathon together, I committed myself to doing the Ironman. And my at first my parents were like, dude, no way. No <laughs> shot. You can't do that. You have way too much stuff going on in your life. Like, way too many priorities. Way, you're having way too much fun already. Your grades could always be better. This, that, and the next excuse. Uh, and so I was like, fine. I, I don't really care what you think, mom and dad. I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> and so uh, I don't want to always recommend going around your parents advice but for this exact for like for this instance it was okay uh, so for about 10 weeks I trained without their like guidance or like they didn't they didn't like what I was doing and they were just kind of like dude you're crazy this isn't a smart idea uh, but for after about 10 weeks they were like okay we kind of believe you now uh, and we'd like to help you out so for my birthday gift that summer I was like can I just have this race as a birthday gift because um, it's a bit expensive but also like I'm committed to this I'm going to do it and they're like sure we'll help you out with that so after a third, being a third of the way to the race, I finally like signed up and like was committed to it. And then after that, training really ramps up. So at the beginning of the Ironman training, it's about nine hours a week, uh, like three hour workouts of each sport. So you're swimming, biking, and running for three hours each, every mm-hmm. single week. Uh, then after that, it just continues to ramp up. Uh, and I ended up getting injured about halfway through training uh, from, like, from running. So I only swam and biked for about the, the last half. But that was just, in, like was about an hour of swimming, a couple times a week, and then the bike rides got up to six and a half hours at one point, which is just ridiculous. That's a yeah. whole, it's a whole Sunday uh, after church just biking until the sun sets. Uh, but then about two weeks out from the race, the training kind of calms back down, and I think throughout all of uh, like the whole that whole semester. I guess first half of the semester whenever school's going on and the training's happening and also life is still happening our other priorities like being committed to this was something that I didn't really mind cuz it's something that I loved and I think like being committed to anything if you're going to commit yourself to it like allow yourself to love it and embrace it mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a half marathon or maybe it's just an ironman or just some sort of like personal goal but if you're going to commit yourself to it, allow yourself to love it and embrace every single part of it, even if it's hard, even if it sucks, even if you have to jump in an ice bath or jump in a freezing-cooled pool pool or roll out and stretch, whatever. All the stuff that stinks about it, like it's going to get you to that exciting moment at the end of it. And usually we can see what it's going to feel like, what it's going to be like at the finish line. Um, but it's always even greater than that, no matter what the goal actually is that you're committed to. And so being committed to it was definitely still hard. But uh, it was so much fun. I got to like, invite in a lot of different people to train with me like runs and swims and bikes. Um, Cause you're in the you're in the gym just biking on a on a stationary bike for a couple <laughs> hours. Anybody can just plop down next to you, um, and also getting to meet a lot of cool people. Like I met uh, a Catholic priest out on the Ironman course who like that's his thing. He does by himself out there. I met a couple guys from the Canadian Air Force, um, and just meeting people from all over the world that all have their own story and all do it for their own reason. Uh, but coming to race day was so worth it. I had uh, a little a little cheering squad out there. My roommate invited. It felt like all of Baylor's campus, <laughs> and it was so cool to just see people trickle in all day long and uh, the swim sucked you're getting a swim in a river so the, the swim for the Ironman is two and a half miles just about and like to, in a pool that's a long time like maybe an hour hour and a half but to see that straight down a river and know you have to swim forward for an hour, hour <laughs> and a half is a long freaking way. And then after that, it's like a, it's a 112 mile bike ride. Uh, so you're already drained from a swim, the longest swim of your life, and then you're gonna hop on the bike and bike for 112 miles, um, broken up into two 56 mile loops. And after a 56 mile loop, you just wanna die. <laughs> like that is the <laughs> worst thing ever. But it's so cool to like push yourself in that way and like you've, once you finish the first six, 56 miles, you're like okay well I know what I have to do I just gotta do it again Uh, but still there's a lot of things that that weren't the best about it but it's it's fun to get out of your comfort zone and push through that Uh, at one point there was like this two-mile straightaway where it was probably 85 or 90 degrees, sun beaten down, and like uh, like a 20 mile an hour headwind. And you're just like, it feels like you're not even going forward. Uh, but so many different, like crazy things like that. I looked over to my left and this old lady is passing me on her bike. And I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, no! Oh my goodness, I'm absolutely getting killed out here. Uh, and then once you finish the bike, uh, the bike was just insane, though, because you, you're you on there for, like, seven hours, and I would pop off every hour to, like, like refuel my bike and go to the bathroom, um, so I was taking my sweet time out there, but you pop off the bike, you go into this changing tent, and the changing tent, oh my, it's like, you feel like you're in war, because you're literally, you go to this changing tent, it's like, it's like a war medic tent, because there's guys in there passed out, there's guys in there sleeping, there's guys in there who are, like, getting carried out, like, on a stretcher <laughs> vibe, because they just died, almost, um, and, like, you get down in there, and... You just sit down and they bring you everything you need. They give you your stuff and they had you in these little bags. But I think that's so special being committed to the Ironman. Like specifically, there are so many different people who want to serve you and serve you throughout your goals. And I think part of the problem we have, at least I have part of the time, is me wanting to do my goals by myself and not allow myself to be served by those around me and not accepting the gifts that are in front of me. And I think that like I finally realized this uh, about halfway through the Ironman when I was training or changing to go uh, into the run because there's so many people just in this tent who they volunteered to be there and be in front of me and help me change help me get the fuel the water whatever else i needed um just to send me on my next leg and i think that's kind of like a a good analogy to life too there's so many people who want to help you for this goal and whatever your goal is whatever you're going to commit yourself to um but also like we're going to push you on that next leg of life and i think a lot of the time we want to just cast those people off we don't want their help because we know better we don't need it um but i think a big gift that we I can at least work on is accepting those uh, those gifts of people who want to help us along the way Uh, and that's really what fueled me into going to the run and then getting to accept and see all my friends on the on the run course every couple miles is really what powered me to the finish so it was a crazy thing to be committed to but so much fun to uh, to finally complete it and complete that goal and shoot towards the next big thing
0: yeah oh my gosh (laughs) I could never do an Ironman, so watching Colin do it was really, really... (laughs) I lived through him, we'll say that. And imagine getting a gift, such as running an Ironman, as your birthday gift. That's what he asked for.
1: Like, I don't know
0: anyone else but Colin Bass, who asked for an Ironman for his birthday gift. Like, hello? Um, But you said some awesome, great, like, some really good things. And I think one of the things that I really took away from what you just shared was walking into that tent people are serving you and I think that's so so true in like the way we live our lives when you find those people who want to help you and serve you they're going to help you achieve those goals like you said there's people who are helping you train with you encouraging you all the way so you could finish and crossing that finish line people are still encouraging you when you still like crossed it like people still want to be on your team and so finding those people who are like that encouragement who will help you stay committed I think is so necessary and I know I have a lot of people on my team which is really cool but also like knowing that like Colin has people on his team whether that's family friends people from your church it's really cool to see those people encourage them um so Colin also does a lot of other things um like he said he's has a podcast he's committed to school is does really well in school, Um, he's in the business school, and then he has a social life, obviously, and then he's also writing something. Do you want to talk about kind of what commitment for all of those looks like and how you have that balance to dedicate your time to that?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning of like, keeping a good like uh, priorities list or whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's a daily checklist, maybe that's a calendar. I currently use like an online calendar, Outlook calendar, and I love it to just keep me in line and it, it shows me what I need to be doing throughout the day and how I can stay aligned to all the different goals and things I want to be doing throughout the day, like whether that's having a lot of fun with the social life with all my friends from playing pickleball to going to the gym or whatever else, uh, just hanging out, making time for those things, but also blocking out time to get the schoolwork done, uh, work out and keep the... Keep the fitness up but also one of my other big goals for this semester is to finish up the book that i'm writing and so uh, there's so many different ways to kind of tackle it but i think kind of what i hit on in in the iron like talking about the iron man was like we have all these pit stops in life whether that's just every sunday we get a break from school every weekend um or just little hangouts with friends that are super chill that you're just hanging on the couch watching tv or just playing a game uh like like allowing those things to fuel you from the inside out being like that that transition tent um and allowing like the people in your life that really are championing you like letting them pour into you uh but yeah i think i guess diving in diving into the book um That's something that I'm super excited about this semester that I'm trying to prioritize a lot more. Mary and I actually kind of created this group last semester called um, the Epic Writers <laughs> Guild, and it's so fun uh, because it's just a bunch of like crazy little writers from across Baylor's campus. And if you're listening to this and on Baylor's campus, or maybe you're not, but want to get involved, like come on, hit Mary up hit me up. Uh, we'd love for you to hop into this little group. But it's guys uh, and Mary. It's three guys and Mary, so it's just four of us right Only now. Girl. Only girls, turn up. But any girls out there, come on, you're welcome to join. Uh, but it's all of it. We all come together like once every two weeks, like once every three weeks, once a month, whatever. There's no like set date. Um but we text in this chat about once a week, kind of updating each other on our writing, allowing us to like each get an insight into what each other is kind of shooting after. A couple the other two guys are into poetry and they've been writing a lot of poetry and posting into their little poetry blog, which is really cool. Um I have a little like weekly uh, blog that I like to write to and I've also been working on writing a book uh, about like this new our, our perspective as Christians in a dark world um, and then also you guys have probably heard plenty about Mary's book and I'm super excited for that so we kind of have this little group that gets together that we text and kind of keep each other accountable and I think that's another way that really keeps at least me committed getting to see these other writers getting to see them fired up and getting excited about what they're writing about and maybe it's not exactly the same but it's very similar and we're all going through the same struggles and the same roadblocks. And writer's block, and whatever else is stopping us, um, especially with all the different things happening in our lives. So, it was that's been really helpful to keep me committed. And I think going going along with the with like having that pit stop of letting people pour into you, like allowing people to hop into whatever your dreams are, uh, kind of like Mary and I have done with this writer's guild. And like, maybe the exact dream is, is different. Maybe these other guys are writing poetry and you're writing a book. Uh, but still you're writing and shooting towards the same goal and like inviting those people in. Maybe you're not training for an Ironman, but you're training for a 5k. Like, go train with some other people, invite somebody else to train for a 5k with you. Um, And like inviting more people into your story keeps you motivated, but also like allows you to create and help someone else write their own story. So,
0: yeah, that's so, so good. And yeah, our little group is so fun and it's, (laughs) yeah, I'm only girl, but I'm like so pumped up by these guys and they are so encouraging. And Colin was actually the first person I ever told about my book. Just like coincidence. I don't know how we were just like sitting at a coffee shop and I was like, I need to tell you something. And then surprisingly, he had the same idea. Um, I was like, okay, we're in this together. So it's been really fun to like talk about it and just be encouraged by these people and to know that they're on my team because it's hard. It really is hard, especially writing a book and kind of sharing every detail about your life and being really open. So knowing that these people are on my team and also encouraging me has kept me going, kept me motivated when I don't want to do it and I don't want to write that day. But they have been super, super cool. So find those people who are going to encourage you. And yeah, if you are writing a book or want to know more, come on, join our group. It's really fun. And we love talking about it. So kind of off of that, how do you find passion to stay committed to these things? I know having friends and people on your team is one thing, but how do you stay committed and find that passion, whether that's in your walk with the Lord or that is training for an Ironman, training for something else, or even just in school and friendships?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think talking about finding passion and finding, like, the excitement in everything that you do that gets you up and gets you going and keeps you fired up to keep shooting in the right direction, I think one of the big things for me that I've always liked to do that a lot of people – easily look over or don't really want to do to begin with is looking at the hardest part of anything and accepting it. Because we all have these dark parts of our minds, we all have these things that we like to hide and um, really not want anyone to know about or we want to ignore or hide from and run from. Um, And so I think for me, whether that's at least shooting towards a goal, like take the Ironman for example, you have to accept every single part of it to love it fully. And I think that goes for yourself, like accepting a dark past. And everyone has the things they regret. Um, but like accepting that and knowing that was you in the past and moving towards a future. Um, and also like in a, in a goal, like for the Ironman, like there's going to be six and a half hours Sunday bike rides. That sucks. Uh, like you don't want to do that. You don't wanna do that by yourself. And there's plenty of things that weren't their best about it. But accepting those things and allowing them to get excited and finding the light in uh, the hardest part of it. So maybe I, I have to be out there for six and a half hours, but I can still listen to a podcast. I can still call my friends, call my family um, and like use this time. I can use this time to pray. I can use this time to like just meditate and just be silent and embrace like the Lord and nature. And I think that like, even if something sucks, it doesn't, the entire part of it isn't isn't terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find a positive in almost everything and um, maybe that's not always the best thing is to find a positive but you also want to acknowledge the negatives in whatever your, your your goal is. So we're both writing books. I think at at least for me, one of the hardest parts is staying motivated, and that was why we created this this riders guild to begin with. Is because we all have these roadblocks, we all feel alone, we all feel isolated in riding. Um, and Mary, it was honestly Mary's idea to begin with of like, hey, like I just wish we could like talk about this more often. Let's like, coffee. Let's do this. Let's do that. And like it got me fired up, and to like have this little group that talks about the hardest, darkest parts, and also like stay, keeps you motivated in the right direction. Um, is something that allows me to find a lot of passion in what I'm doing and so uh, Other than like keeping it exciting and doing the like having a big goal to shoot for um, Whether that's writing the book whether that's something in your social life whether that's uh, doing a 5k or, or some type of race um also acknowledging the hard parts within that goal and allowing yourself to embrace them and love them well. Like no one would have told me that I would love an ice bath, but like (laughs) I've learned to love ice baths and now it's a ton of fun. No one would have told me that like riding for three or four hours would be fun, but like now I've learned to love that and like I see so much fruit in that and the Lord shows up so much in that. Um, But you have to acknowledge what the hardest parts is going to be and allowing yourself to accept that but also like thrive in that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes things, I think things take time. Oh, yeah. And so finding, allowing yourself to like, okay, it might be hard for the first two weeks. But once I get the, in this routine and start that routine, then I start to enjoy it more and more. And also finding that perspective change, especially like for me in school, it's like really hard. And like working, I think that's kind of something hard for people too, is having that, oh, I have to go to school. I have to go to work and I have to do this and this. I have to always study or I always have to do the same thing at work. But when you're having that perspective change of, oh, oh, I get to go and I get to do these things, it's going to learn and teach you that you're going to enjoy it more because you're not looking at these things as a negative thing. You're looking at them more of like, I get to do this. And so with writing a book, it can become very time-consuming and very just unmotivating at times. But when you change it to being like, oh, I get to go do this and I get to use the words God has given me to help hopefully impact others – it really changes your whole mindset and it allows you to be like getting up early in the morning because you want to and you want to like start your day and you want to get time in so you can spend time with the Lord and write so it takes time and I think it's hard but it really does when getting in that routine really helps and Colin and I both kind of established a pretty good routine I think but even though right now we're in the time period of a new semester starting so I'm trying to learn what my new routine looks like (laughs) which is gonna take some time but that's okay and so i think it can be hard sometimes to get committed so colin can you touch on a little bit about how hard it can be to be committed and getting over that i know we kind of touched on it but i yeah. want to touch a little bit more
1: yeah i think i think one of the what you said there of like um like finding it as a gift and seeing it as something you get to do is like so beautiful because a, a quick story i want to share is like back in middle school i was it was in eighth grade i think and training for like normal cross-country season and it was my last day of summer, and I was so mad. My mom wanted to go to the hospital and visit one of her friends. I was like, "Mom, this is not what I want to do. My last day of summer. I'm a middle schooler. My last day of middle school summer ever, and I don't want to spend it in the hospital. Like this is terrible." But we we're going to visit one of her friends, and her friend was named Cheyenne, and Cheyenne uh, has a crazy story. She is an awesome athlete, and uh, that summer she was training to go to the Olympic trials uh, for a triathlon, and so she was training like, super, super driven, super dialed into her goal, and two weeks before she was trained uh, about to go to the olympic trials for uh, the olympic triathlon she was hit by a truck on the bike and Mm -hmm. she shattered her pelvis and she was like in in the hospital for months um and so going to visit her with this terrible mindset i showed up and just got to see her on her bed, got to hear her story, and hear how she was kind of stranded in this hospital. And All she wanted to do was go outside and feel the sun on her face and like embrace that. Um, she's a huge athlete, she wanted to go to the Olympics one day, that was all taken away from her, and the, the only thing she wanted to do was be able to walk outside and feel the sun on her face, but she was stranded in this hospital room. And I think, I always kind of come back to this place whenever I'm struggling with something or I'm having a roadblock or I don't want to get out and do whatever it is that I've committed myself to. Uh, but then Cheyenne always comes back into my mind because there's so many people who either aren't able to do what you have the gift to do or wish they had the talent to do what you're able to do. Mm. Um, and I think that not... We all have these gifts inside of us that are exciting and things that drive us, but there's things that we allow to distract us throughout every single day. Um, and Cheyenne has always popped back into my mind because all she wanted to do, being the gifted athlete that she was, was to feel the sun on her face and get outside. And I kind of adapted this mindset later in middle school, early in high school, of like grinding for those who can't. Kind of a silly little middle school like phrase that I used. <laughs> but it was something that really motivated me through those seasons of like, hey, i I am able to get out here and I'm able to work hard, feel the pain in my legs from a hard workout, feel an ice bath, feel the sun on my face, and like these are all such gifts even though they're not exactly what I want in this moment, Um, and like realizing what a gift it actually is and how much of a blessing it is to be out and about and embracing the world um, with two walking legs and a working heart and a working mind, Um, and so that's one another thing that kind of keeps me focused on my passion and, like, making the hard things easy because, like, life is hard, but also it could always be worse. There's so many people that I've met who, uh, like, have different goals than me, but allowing things to get in their way because of an excuse or whatever else it is. Uh, but there's so many things that we can allow to overcome those excuses when we just kind of shift the perspective of, like, there's so many other people in this world who want to be doing what I'm doing, and I'm just taking them for granted right now.
0: Yeah wow, that's really good and really encouraging for me to hear. And something that I think people need to like realize is we all have different gifts. So if your gift isn't writing, then you have something else. You have another gift that I'm not good at. And so I think that's really, really important for us to understand and know that we all are created differently and we all have those gifts and talents. So it's really important for us not to compare when someone is – successful in this thing but you're not successful in that and you might fail at something but you are thriving in something else so i think that's really important and just love that story and just knowing that like perspective change is so crucial also Colin has literally has been dedicated since middle school like no. <laughs> like hello <No>. he is <laughs> like, he's, oh like literally so committed and like such an encourager and i'm so like thankful to have him in my corner So Colin, I want to ask you one more question before we end this podcast. And my podcast is talking about celebrating joy. And so I want to know, how are you celebrating joy in this season right now?
1: Heck yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh, this is so fun to be on the podcast and grateful (laughs) just to be here. Um, But I kind of want to relate this back to uh, my word for the year. My word for the year is up, and I kind of broke that down to U and P, uh, meaning uniquely poured. Uh, And kind of embracing every single moment and turning it all back to the Lord allowing it to... Allowing my perspective to be upwards, looking towards Him and allowing it every single moment to be a blessing, but also to em- embrace the difference and the uniqueness of every single day. Like, we have so many crazy things that could happen every day. Like, we always have these uh, crazy semesters where things pop up. We have assignments or missed due dates or whatever else is going to be stressing us out here in just a couple weeks. Um, but knowing that it was like uniquely poured as the Lord's story and uh, as His plan. Um, and so, the way I want to celebrate joy this semester and right now is just. Allowing that perspective be pointing back to the Lord and seeing and embracing whatever he pours out to happen this semester.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. I saw him post that on Instagram, and I was like, yeah, he's so mature and has such good words. And, like, who would take the word up and make it uniquely poured? Like, that is Colin Bass right there. And he is so, so wise and so smart. And just I'm encouraged by him, and I'm just so happy that he got to come on the podcast and kind of share his heart and just his passion and talk about being dedicated and committed because it's been really cool to see him so committed to so many different things, but also never not follow through with them. Like he is always following through with them and he's also still checking up on the people he supports so well, which is really cool. So Colin, it was so awesome to have you on the podcast today.
1: Mary, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. And if any of you guys want to join the Writers Guild, hit Mary up. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: seriously, please do. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope I see you all next week. Bye. So anyways, Alex, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and just kind of sharing your thoughts about obedience and just everything in Zambia. And we're super excited since you're going back and that's (laughs) super exciting. Um, So once again, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.